Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is a Manhattan-bound B Express train. The next stop is Grand Street. Mind the gap. Welcome to Skylines, the City Metro podcast. I'm John. And I'm Stephanie. And this week we're doing the history episode. Ooh, I love history. Uh, can we talk about kings and queens? I love that kind of... Well, we'll get on to the kings and queens, but first of all, I want to ask you about the history of the tube, because you have written the world-defining, world-leading, genre-defining article on why tube stations are called what they are. Tube lines, tube lines. Oh, sorry, tube like lines. Stations, like, <laughs> I'm going to have to do that at some point. That's, that's, that's a gonna, book, that right? That is literally a book. <laughs> Although, like, I, I did intend this to be, like, just kind of like a quick listicle post, because I did a piece the other week about why English county names are as they are, and I thought, what else can I do names of? I know, I'll do the tube. People love the tube. So I did the tube lines. And I thought, there's only 12 lines. It won't take that long. And then I accidentally wrote a three and a half thousand word history of the tube. Because <laughs> to explain why the lines are called what they're called, you kind of have to sort of delve back into history a little bit. And then you stick in a line saying, oh, and then they extended it to like Edgeware. And then like, before you know it, you've just like, you've written a, 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 a thesis. So, <laughs> okay. Well, talk me through your dissertation. What's your favourite story of why a tube line is called what it's called? Okay, the, something that I hadn't quite appreciated. The two things I hadn't appreciated. Firstly, like we, the tube kind of gets built in in a couple of waves. There's a very early wave where they do what what's known as subsurface. Uh, lines, which is where they literally dig a trench, stick some tracks in it, put a roof on it again. So that's like the, the district, the circle, the metropolitan, all those kind of very shallow lines. And that all starts, that's like the 1860s, 1870s. Then 30 years after that, the tunneling technology gets better so they can actually sort of bore deep lines uh, through like properly underground. Those are the ones that should actually be called tubes because they did literally bore a tube through the earth. Um, and that's all that kind of runs in sort of late 1890s, early, early 1900s. And then it pretty much stops dead in 1906. And then there's a big gap where like after that, the network it keeps expanding. It grows into the suburbs and they sort of build houses around it to kind of, you know, pay for a lot of it through real estate development. But they do not there. There is no significant underground railway built under central London between about 1907 and 1968. That feels like a very specific year. Is it just that they looked at the map and went, 
that's fine. They're done. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I think part of it is just, it's a, it's a, I mean, obviously part of it is, you know, there's quite a lot that happens between 1907 and 1968 in the way of, you know, big wars, mm. and which is probably a factor. But I think part of it is just, it's a sort of changing world. So like in, in the late 19th and early 20th centuries, it's like still that kind of gilded age where these kind of mega rich financiers can just kind of make things happen due to sheer force of will. And then, so uh, the big one of the big figures in the early years of London Underground is a guy called Charles Tyson Yerkes, who uh, was uh, an American financier. I think he also helped build the Chicago Elevated Railway. Um, and he, he brought together a lot of the plans to build various lines into into one company. So he, he was a key figure in getting the Piccadilly and Northern and Bakerloo lines all built. And it was just possible at that point for, for massively rich men to kind of build these big infrastructure projects. And then the world changes a bit and um, governments become more interventionist. You get in the US, there's um, Teddy Roosevelt doing his trust busting and it just becomes a, a, a less friendly age for billionaires to think, right, I'm just going to do that. So I think that's that's part of it. Um, and, you know, part of it probably is the fact that the network was not complete exactly, but it reached a point where, like, it was harder to sort of think, right, well, if we build a line there, that will definitely be profitable. Right. So, so yeah, it gets harder for the private sector to do it. And the, 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 the state kind of starts getting involved in the 30s, but it's a very long time before it gets to... Like it's, there's talk of building new lines as early as like the late 1940s, but you know there's also you know a welfare state to build and an NHS and so on. So it kind of takes a while for that to get to the top of the priority list, and then they build the Victoria Line in the 1960s, and that's the first one in like literally six decades before they dig a tunnel on the central London. I've just rambled quite a lot there, but I, you, you can see how this this ended up as like I three can and see a half how this expanded words, from. Really. So tell me because. Okay, so the Victoria Line and the Jubilee Line, I feel like you can kind of figure out with a bit of thought. The Baker we'll come back to those, because okay. this is my other big discovery. Or well, not discovery, the big thing. Kind of, yeah, anyway, I'll come back to that. You'll come yeah. back to those. The Bakerloo Line is just because it links Baker Street and Waterloo, is that yeah, right? Yeah, that's right. That's Tell an easy one. The Central Line? Was the Central London Railway. That was just the name. It was, And I, I, I can't work out for the life of me whether that was because... It's it's an east-west line that ran between the two existing east-west lines, so it might have been this is the central one, or it might just have been if you were trying to get people to use your line rather than one of the other ones, then that was quite a nifty way of branding it to kind of say, oh, no, you, want, you want to get on the central line, actually. So I don't know, it could, but that's where it comes from. And the northern line? The northern line, in some ways, is the best one because that was two different uh, companies. There was like the, the city and South London one, and there was the um, like Charing Cross, Euston, and Hampstead, or something like that. And they got merged together by this Charles Tyson Yerkes guy, which is why it's such a weird line with bits all over the place. But it's also the line that goes furthest to the south of all the London Underground lines. It's the one that goes further south than any other, and it's not the one that goes further north than any other. The reason he gets lumbered with the name Northern Line, which is obviously ridiculous. <laughs> Is because in the 30s, uh, when they were, when the London Passenger Transport Board, which was the kind of first consolidated, it's a predecessor of TFL, basically. It was the first body actually sort of planning the network as a whole rather than just being an independent company running a little bit of it. That came up with this thing called the New Works Program, which was all these sort of suburban extensions it wanted to build. And a big part of that was going to be the Northern Heights Program, which would have taken over the little line from Moorgate to Finsbury Park. 
and connected that up with uh, existing branch lines up towards like Highgate and Alexandra Palace and then built new ones up into like Elm Street. And that was called the Norman Heights. Most of that never happened because, you know, the war happened instead and, and like they, they took up these the existing branch lines and never rebuilt them. So you can actually sort of walk along them. There's a thing called the Parkland Walk, which is just, it, it's just this sort of very long, thin uh, park that you can walk through in North London where occasionally you pass what used to be a station. But other than that, you'd never know it was a railway. Um, so yeah, the Northern Line got called the Northern Line because... Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in 6 months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. mintmobile.com/switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month, unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month, face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get 6 months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after 6 months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply. If rated PG. A thing that never happened. So that's <laughs> that's clever. And then there are the ones, I mean, Hammersmith and City also makes sense boring. in that it yeah, goes from Hammersmith and boring, City. Okay. Yeah. Um, district? Was the Metropolitan District Railway. But we have a Metropolitan. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and like, so even though that also doesn't really make any sense, they just kind of use the word that no one else is using, so. Dare I ask you to comment on the Elizabeth line as a name? Okay, this is the other thing that I realised writing this, is, like, so all the early lines are built by private concerns, right? And then the state gradually gets more involved. You get full nationalisation after the war in 1948. And then they start planning what becomes the Victoria Line and the Jubilee Line after that, and then Crossrail after that. But since the state has been involved, they've built those three lines, and the names they get are Victoria, Jubilee, and Elizabeth Line. <laughs> since, since the state has been running London Underground, it has built three new big underground railways beneath central London, and it has named all of them after the bloody royal family. <laughs> And like the Victoria Line could have been the Viking Line because Victoria to King's Cross, they talked about calling it the Viking Line, but no, they called it the Victoria Line, which is rubbish. Why was it going to be the Viking Line? Victoria, King's Cross. Vic, oh, uh, yeah. okay. And okay. isn't that a much better name? Or you could call it the Victoria Cross, which is like getting a medal every time you go on the tube. It is the fastest one. So, I mean, it deserves a medal, the Victoria Line. It's a good line. <laughs> Anyway, if you'd like to know more of this, there's quite a lot of this online, so you should just just read the whole thing, because please validate my existence. (laughs) Please don't render this pointless. (laughs) It's a fantastic piece. It's on Citymetric, and you can 
look at it, share it, argue with John about it in his mentions. Yeah, that's you know, you know, that's what I like. But it's interesting you mentioned the Northern Line being called the Northern Line because of something that was never built. Because the story that's been fascinating me this week is also about something that was never built. What was never built? I don't know how often you read the Daily Mail website, John. I mean, I find it's a bit of a vortex and you just get sucked into the sidebar of shame and looking at people's cellulite. And then I get very uncomfortable with myself then, so, you know. Well, this article also made me uncomfortable. It wasn't about cellulite, though. This is about what London would look like if the gunpowder plot had succeeded. Okay. I mean, I have some questions, which is like, how... (laughs) (laughs) I I, I think they're probably making a few assumptions there that they can't really support. I mean, I think if the gunpowder plot succeeded in 1605 then quite a lot of the last 412 years of British history would have been different enough. That, anyway, just to, tell me, what do, they, what, do they, what do they think? What happens? <laughs> well, so this was created by some historians who are creating a television programme about the importance of spies in British history. And they argue that a network of spies created by Thomas Cromwell helped steer Henry VIII through his marriage troubles and the break with Rome and led to the establishment of the Church of England. Fine. So they've done some mock-ups of things like, for instance, if the Palace of Westminster was actually a French-style castle created for James I's Catholic daughter. I'm not going to lie, it's pretty gaudy. I kind of love it. Um, But there are buildings around there that look a bit like French-style castles. Yeah, there are. It's not like there's... It's not like there's none of that. But but, but I'm kind of with that. I'm like, fine, if you, if, you know... If that succeeded and you built a castle in its place, I'm willing to accept that. What I'm not willing to accept is the idea that, and this is another mock-up they've done, um, that a monastery potentially would stand in the place of London's financial district were it not for Thomas Cromwell. Ooh. I mean, I suppose the logic is instead of, like, you know, the Protestant work ethic and the Enlightenment and all those kind of things that people start thinking of as, you know, British values... You do get something that's a lot more, well, you know, Catholic. I just, I, I, this is ludicrous. There are Catholic countries all over Europe. And they... also, like, hang on, the modern finance was kind of invented by the Italian Renaissance, right? And they're quite, they are a bit Catholic in Italy. They are, they are a bit Catholic in Italy. It's just the when you really think nothing would have been knocked down and some brutalism being put up instead. There's brutalism all over in loads of Catholic countries. My voice is getting very high. And <laughs> there's also a picture of a castle allegedly inspired by the design of Edinburgh and Stirling Castle that could be on the South Bank, basically, where County Hall is now. Um, so, you know, feel free to go and have a look at some of these mock-ups. If you, if you type in Daily Mail, Palace of Westminster, Gunpowder Plot, they will come up. Apparently, we would also be eating paella instead of fish and chips because you also don't have chips in Spain and enjoying bullfights instead of drama, because obviously Spain had no Renaissance drama. Paella, is it... I mean, maybe I'm wrong here, but I would imagine that to, to for paella to become the national dish, you probably need a slightly different climate to the one we've got. I can't... Uh, John, there are so many... Let you... Is it possible <laughs> that, in fact, this isn't science, and that what they've done... Is the marketing team for this TV program have very cleverly produced some some nice mock I mean, like, you know, I I get very angry when people do this. It's just like, you want advertising, just bloody pay for the advertising. It's like, you know, have you come across Arab, the, the big 
design no. consultancy that's involved no. in loads of um, major works projects. But they they used to annoy the hell out of me by repeating. Whenever there was like a mock up of, hey, there could be a, a floating cycle path on the Thames, because obviously, you know, if what you really want as a cyclist is to be quite close to water bobbing up and down and in danger of like being bashed by a boat it's you know it's obviously ridiculous idea and you know boats can't dock anymore because there's a bloody cycle path there it's a stupid idea but they they got some nice artists impressions and they got coverage all over the place because people like me are desperate for this for the clicks that come from this stuff so it's also the, the idea of like oh we could um we could turn the regent's canal into into like uh, a, a, a tube line, except instead of getting on a train, you swim, and we could put it on the tube map as like you know a line on which you swim. And it's like, this is nonsense. This is complete bloody nonsense. But because they do nice, pretty pictures, and because internet journalism is it is, people people publish it, and it annoys the hell out of me. It's just like if you want us to to give you coverage and get your name in the papers, just can't you just like advertise? Like you know, we have bills to pay. I have I want a salary. I want to like not be worrying about the complete collapse of my industry. I would really just like it if companies would just get their head around the idea that if they want like an independent media to report on what they're doing with their lives they should make sure that there is still an independent media to do that bloody reporting could we really not have a floating cycle path we'll see you next week Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 